Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome back to another edition of Ladies Who Launch on Good Friday. So happy Good Friday, happy Easter, even though if you're listening to this in July, still could be Easter, whatever. In your heart, it could be Easter. But it is not a pleasant day outside. It's Calgary. So Dakota and I are going to like just let this show just rant today. I think we're just both in the mood. So... I'm sorry, this is our first time getting together because I couldn't be in the last episode that Dakota did with Mandy, which is an awesome episode, by the way, so go listen. But it's so good to see, even though it's over Zoom, it's so good to see you, Dakota, because I haven't, like, I'm, like, doing virtual hugs because I haven't seen you in forever. I know. Everybody fucking has COVID again. Yeah, including everybody. I think there's, I, it's actually, and I find it even, I find the whole COVID thing interesting because I'll see people like posting on social about them having a cold. It's like, you don't have a cold, you have COVID, but they're just not even bothering to get tested anymore. It's like, ugh, whatever. But I'm like, I hope with your cold that you think you have, that you're not out like gallivanting around town, like at least be somewhat responsible, but no, people aren't. Like, I actually am totally sick of people. like. We've only really been sort of open, like sort of everything, no masks since March, beginning of March, right? And I'm already sick of people. I can't, like, everyone sucks. I'm I'm just going to stay in my house. Like, literally everyone sucks. I can't. Humanity is just over. I'm sorry. You know what? That's actually a really interesting comment because I feel like in the past, before COVID, you know, eons and eons ago when COVID didn't exist. Um, <laughs> I have like Star Wars playing in my head right now. I don't know why. Dun, dun, dun. But anyways, <laughs> um, we would never go out if we had a cold because it's like uncouth and rude. Well, what and I mean, just- and really like, we would become the biggest babies yeah. having a cold too, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to just curl up on the couch and whatever. But now it's like, yeah. is, if you're not, I guess, like, like dying of the plague, COVID, everyone's just out and about. Apparently people think they can go out. Yeah. And then the other thing is, anytime I am sick moving forward in my lifetime, I will probably be wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. other countries do that all the time. We just never really have. And now in terms of the world changing for the better and, you know, permanently, I think one of the things that will emerge from everything is that people mask up when they're sick, because why wouldn't you? Well, responsible responsible people will not like, people who think this thing's all fake anyway, will never do anything. But um, no, I agree. And I mean... I'm of the mind too. I mean, cause I, I mean, you, I mean, I hate people anyway, but 
on planes and stuff, I will totally always wear a mask because they're gross. People are gross. Like, don't you remember pre again in the days before COVID and you'd go to like the theater or something. There's always some idiot that's hacking away and like blowing his nose oh, and whatever. Yeah. And it's like, you, you remember you used to sit there and think what is going on. And now I'm like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just pull out a mask in any of those situations where I'm in a public oh. space where people, cause like, I'm sorry, people are gross. Like, just think yeah. of how much we... I mean, no, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Like, we could get into a whole discussion. I know. We can do a whole... But yeah, I mean, anyone who's traveled... We've both traveled a lot and extensively. And, um, yeah, people wearing masks. Like, I remember when we were in Japan, um, we thought that people were insane. Like, but people wore masks on the subway system um, in Japan. Um <clears throat> In China, it was always a thing to wear. And even um, in India a little bit, you'd see people in masks, mainly for like air, the smog and stuff. But anyone, anywhere that people have had to live in close proximity to people, like masks have been a thing for a long time. We've just been spoiled because we have like massive amounts of space. But now, I mean, just seeing how, yeah, people have just not been responsible or people have like continued to just be gross I'm like, yeah, I'll wear a mask on a plane because generally I don't need to have you hacking your snot bubbles into my Diet Coke on the airplane either. Oh, Not that a mask helps with that. That's I, not even a good I, example, but whatever. So when I was in New York, I remember it was my first trip since all of this started. And um, my girlfriend and I were in a, a bar that was packed, obviously. So, you know, we put ourselves in that position fine we're in new york gotta go to the gotta go to the cocktail bars so we're in this cock this like bougie cocktail bar and we, we like magically got a seat at the bar and we were like right up close to the bartender and it was pretty awesome because that's kind of not very commonplace in new york it's pretty impossible to get a seat anywhere really yeah. anyway this guy comes up behind me and he's just so sick and <sighs> hacking all over everybody and his nose is red and he's right behind me hacking so I'm just, and then I just immediately like froze and thought of the movie Contagion. <laughs> and was like, I'm going to die. By some uh, random dude in a New York bar. Like we were enjoying our beautiful cocktails, talking to the, he was very cute, waiter. <laughs> Just like you're a cocktail guy. We're like, oh yeah, you're the cocktail guy. This is amazing. And then this guy just starts like hacking. And I just looked at Haley and I was like, we're gonna die. <laughs> we're in New York and we're gonna die. <laughs> anyway, but yes, I think we could have a whole episode on sorry. I mean, but it's true. Human human bodies and humans in general, like we are kind of disgusting creatures when you think about it on the best of days. We're amazing creatures, but disgusting creatures. And when it comes to like viruses and colds, like it's pretty nasty. I find I always get sick at the gym. If I get sick anywhere, it's at the gym. So I'm like a psycho with, um, with like hand sanitizer and stuff at the gym. Yeah. I've actually, outed, I feel like everybody. I've outed yeah. people at my gym. Like I, I don't, I don't go to a big gym. I mean, and granted, I've sort of not gone to the gym in the last little bit either. Like now that COVID seems to be like everywhere in Calgary. Um, but 
everyone like the dude i'm sorry but the dude bros at the gym like the guys that are like under 25 who think that i don't know that they exist in another realm they're the ones that never wipe off equipment or like any of that right and never have even pre-covid um so yeah i voted i voted them to um my gym and in fact a few of them got their memberships revoked like in the in the like 2020 2021 time when gyms just reopened because it's like they're not responsible and so yeah it's funny to sort of look around and see the the way people behaved before covid is totally just how they're behaving now zero care oh 100% anyway um i was going to yeah, one more thing. I will I will call out Talisman though, downtown in Calgary. Oh, is it the Repsol Or sorry, Repsol. You know what? I used to call it Talisman because that's where I would go for gym at my high school because my high school didn't have a proper gym because it was a downtown high school. But anyways, all that to it's say that I will say like I've all the young people that go there. I can't believe I just said that, but anyway all the young people that go there, I find her pretty damn respectful. Um, and it's pretty, pretty decent down, down in, at Repsol. Um, but anyway, all that to say that we're going to kind of just have a episode about nothing today. We're, we've got a couple things on our minds that we want to talk about that have come up for us over the last couple of weeks. And yeah, we just kind of wanted to catch up with each other. And if you guys want to tune in, awesome. If you're like, screw this noise, this episode sucks. Well, then we totally hear you. But it's 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 the Friday before Easter weekend. I'm actually leaving on Monday to right. leave the snow for a week. So anyway, yeah. So Alyssa and I were kind of out of it, but... But yeah, so one of the things I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about and just give you a big reminder in the Dakota way that I do every now and again is I've been chatting with a lot of people as late that I really look up to and that, you know, at times I'm like, wow, you have it all together. And I, you know, like I have to check myself and realize that, no, we're all just trying to survive and nobody's more special than than others and so on and so forth, if that makes any sense. But yeah, as of late, I've been having some really candid, fantastic conversations with individuals who I might sometimes think have their, have everything together. And what's been so refreshing is that none of us have everything together all the time. And I I just wanted to remind our ladies who launch crew that if you're feeling like it's, you know, April and you still haven't done some of the things that you said you were going to do in 2022. Who cares? Um, you know, like 2022 can start in May if you need it to. And I, I'm just wanting to remind everybody that, um, we're, we're coming out of a really rough time and it's still like the rough times are still kind of here. So, So just do your best and lean on your people and your community as much as possible. And if you need to, you know, have some candid conversations with people who you think might have it together. Because I guarantee you they're going through their own stuff. Um, And as much as we don't want people that we care about to struggle, uh, it's nice to know that we're not alone when we're maybe struggling a little bit ourselves. So yeah, like I've had some really cool conversations with people from like, you know, being worried about their pricing structure at work because other companies might be offering less 
or other organizations might be offering different um, services for less. And so like, I've had a lot of conversations lately with people about undercutting and pricing and is it okay that you're charging as much as you're charging? And the answer is yes. It takes time to do what we do. So you should be charging what you're worth. Um, and everybody, I think, has these questions go through their minds when they're a business owner. So yeah, let's maybe start with that because I know Alyssa has some thoughts about pricing. Um, so why don't you uh, take it away, <laughs> Alyssa? I know I have some other thoughts too, but I feel like I'm rambling now. Yeah, I have some thoughts on pricing and I'm going to get to that. I'm just going to back up a little bit when you talk. we're talking about um, that whole feeling of other people doing so much better, how we view ourselves towards other people. Um, I think social media has a lot to do with that because we always forget that people just put the best things about what's going on in their world on social. And um, we look at other people's accounts or what's going on and think that we're not measuring up, but um, that isn't the case. So just always keep that in mind that social media isn't real and what people are putting on social isn't real or just a snapshot of their life. And that um, don't compare yourselves to other people or other business owners or other anybody uh, based off social because um, it's, I'm not going to say it's made up because it's not. It just is a flattering, everybody chooses the most flattering photo or the most flattering thing or the most um, positive thing that's going on in their existence to post on social. So that's that's where I think a lot of our own insecurities come from is, 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 is that. Um, so don't stop doing that and stop and unfollow accounts that make you feel bad about yourself. Like that's an easy thing to do. Just the unfollow button is always there. So never let an account or a person or anybody, if, if it's, if it's making you feel bad about yourself, your body, your business, your whatever, unfollow them, like get them out of your life. Anyway, that's, that's that piece of that. But the pricing thing's interesting because I've had a few people email me and not necessarily communicators, but just other consultants or business owners and, and, and asking questions about pricing because whether they're new into, into being a consultant um, or their client, I had one person email me where they had a client that they'd worked with for a long time and they'd informed this client that their rates were going to be raising or they were going to be raising their rates like effective whatever, January 1st or whatever. And the client sort of balked at that, even though like the price, like it was only like 5% or something. But the person was like, how can I show value for what I've provided? Or And, and they asked me, um, this is what I do for this person or this client. What would you charge for that? And so I went through the list of tactics or, or services that this person was providing. And I'm like, well, I'd be charging like three, three or $4,000 a month for that amount of work. Cause it looks, it's about this many hours, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, and I guarantee you, you are not charging them that. So if they're bulking at whatever you're charging them, then they're probably not the clients that you should be um, working with because they don't value the service. So because of what we do, and I've always been, it's always bothered me how our sector, like of PR communications, digital, social, 
is always so super secretive about what everybody charges um, and rates and, and, and pricing structures and packages and whatever it is that we do that undercutting um, and under delivering is a massive, massive issue within our sector. Um, we know it is. I've heard of um, consultants like comms consultants or PR consultants like charging $25, $30 an hour, um, which is absolutely um, gross. And there's no way that anybody who is an, a legitimate, um, experienced PR person would ever do that. So what I would sort of like to put out into the ether and for all the PR constable, and I know we have students who listen to this PR students. Um, hello, PR students of MRU. Yeah. We know you listen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> be transparent about pricing. And it's no different than if you're going to work for a company in PR, be transparent about salaries, because that's the biggest reason how companies are able to keep people down is because they don't know what everybody else makes. So talk about what you make, talk about your salary in your job, especially when you're new coming in because you want to be able to grow and get salary increases. But from a consultant perspective, can we all just stop with the bullshit and stop pretending that we're all out here curing cancer? Like we're not. And there is no reason why we can't be more transparent about what we're doing, what we're charging, what we're providing all those sorts of things. I'm not saying we all have to put billboards up or it has to be on your website or whatever, but like, come on, can we stop pretending that whatever we're doing is 10 times better or 10 times worse than anybody else is doing? Because that isn't the case. Because we all should be angry and, and well, angry at the the amount of companies and businesses who are undercutting because that affects all of us. So if we, if we know it's happening and that we are losing business to other companies who are purposefully undercutting service prices in order to get work, um, we need to start publicly calling out this nonsense. And I think we've all been too nice. We've all been too absorbed in our own world. And again, like concerned that we're not measuring up like what you were saying earlier, that, we all, all have our own insecurities. So we think, oh, well, why, like, but why does that person seem like they have all this business? And then you start mm, having conversations with people. And it's like, oh, well, because they're undercutting everyone. And I'm not saying that we need to like blast them on social or anything like that. But I think we do need to start calling out this bullshit because it's affecting our all of our livelihoods and it's affecting the the expertise and the relevance of what we do. I a hundred percent agree. And now I'm going to go into my rant. Another one. <laughs> um, so there's also like, I obviously don't want to name any names. I think that there's like a double-edged sword here as well in the sense that there are some businesses out there that can't necessarily afford to hire with their budget for like, say social management or marketing support. And I think it's also fine for us as consultants to offer sort of different rates so that we can help 
the underdog, if you will, get to the point where they can afford. So I think that it's great that there are some organizations out there that offer supports for small businesses 100%. And I know myself, Social Centric has helped um, many small businesses and nonprofits with a different rate, uh, just yeah. because we really I don't want the opportunity rate. to work with them. Yeah. yeah. That being said, though, there are a couple of noticing some like interesting like influencer type organizations popping up that are trying to be similar to like the Curiosity Calgary's and the Urbas of Calgary and Canada. So like, you know, these, these accounts that have large following, large bulk followings on Instagram that are, you know, charging for airtime and stuff like that. But they're starting to offer like marketing services as well for really like low rates. And I think it's it's fine in the sense that organizations will get, you know, like three posts a week out of it or like they'll get X, Y, and Z out of it. But these companies don't necessarily do like a deep dive with their clientele. It's really just, hey, we can offer this other a la carte service. But what kind of upsets me a little bit is like it undercuts organizations such as myself a little bit in the sense that, you know, clients will then come to us and be like, well, then how come... I can hire them for this, but you're charging this. How is that fair? And then I have to spend a lot of time educating, which is fine, but you know, it's time around, well, this is what we offer and this is what you're getting with that. And it's really a, you get what you pay for argument. But what's unfortunate is like, again, this conversation of, are these people over here communicators? Did they go to school for this? Like, who like why are they offering this when they're this? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, if they're if they're supposed to be one thing, why are they now suddenly offering management? Well, and do they, they can and because people will pay yeah. for it. But what I would say to you, and what I've had to learn through this, and I'm sure that other other business owners will say the same thing, is that I won't spend time justifying that to someone. So if if said company has hired this, yeah, whatever transactional piece of whatever, and I pitch them some work and they're like, oh, well, they charge me $30 an hour, like $30 a post or some crazy thing. I'll be like, that's great. Awesome. Good to talk to you. Move on. Because I think we do ourselves a disservice by trying to then educate or justify why we why we charge what we do when we need to actually find pitch work to clients who value what we charge and not try to um, make ourselves seem valuable to people who are willing to take the lowest common denominator and the cheapest yes. service because that devalues what we do and quite frankly they don't care why we charge what we do. They, they just want, they're just there for the cheapest model. So it's interesting. I presented to um, the Alberta magazine publishers association uh, the other day, and the presentation was all about uh, empathetic communication and leading with empathy versus, um, and putting, putting people over profit, that sort of thing. And the one thing that I mentioned was the this push pull um, relation or model of doing business and how sort of pre COVID um, we all existed in a very push communication style where it was transaction over relationship where it's like buy now click here and and sort of continually pushing out information to people and how during COVID many businesses have had to shift from that because 
people don't want that. People don't, people don't want to be sold things anymore. So we've had to create and adapt to a more pole style, like sales model of putting the, putting the relationship over the transaction about being a partner to your customer or, and caring about what they're doing and their feelings. And that's how I've always run my business is that my relationships are worth way more than any one social media post that somebody could pay for with a fly-by-night influencer person. So I seek out clients that value my expertise and my time because they value the long-term relationship and the long-term, the long-term uh, strategic advice and, and counsel that I provide. And so I think from from our perspective, we need to also get out of the mud of transactionally comparing what we do because we don't, we can't do that because what we provide is so much more than just three of these and two of these and, and all of that. So when you start thinking in that manner, it changes the type of potential clients that you are wanting to work with and that will work with you because they understand that. So I think we also have to get ourselves out of the mud and stop um, trying to pitch work to, to customers who are happy to pay $30 for marketing services. I agree. Yeah. And I also think too, there's an element of community over competition as well. Um, I think that there's always a way to work with everybody. And I think that there is there is still more than enough work to go around. But one trend I have been noticing in our industry in particular is during COVID, everybody was scrambling to get stuff done. So we were all like, well, the social media people were really busy. Um, but then come 2022, everybody had actually rehired people in-house and gotten rid of their consultants. Um, so now we're in this place where like people still definitely need help. Um, but you almost, you do have to up your game with, with your own marketing strategy to let people know that you're there. It's not just going to come to you because a lot of organizations have rehired in-house, uh, just cause I think they panicked. They needed to bulk up their team capacity wise, um, but I noticed like last year, I had a lot of organizations reaching out to me to backfill the people that they would have had in-house because they couldn't find anybody because we were in a hiring crisis. Um, and then on top of that, they it was cheaper to hire a consultant, um, which is hilarious. To me it is still cheaper to hire a consultant. So just putting that out there to business owners, you don't need in-house people. Well, and the problem, right, that's happening again that I'm seeing is all of the in-house people are being given like 15 different roles mm -hmm. into one, yeah. right? So, like they're supposed to be a communications coordinator or specialist or, or manager and they, unless they have the budget to hire, you know, help for that person, it's one person doing 15 things. So it is still cheaper to hire help uh, from a consultant standpoint for sure. But yeah, it's been an interesting roller coaster of trends over the last two and a half years. And I am seeing we are back to square one with people. Uh, people started to kind of come out of the nine to five. And yeah, given a lot of people went out on their own as well, but people are now back to the nine to five, which is really interesting. And the nine to fivers are working jobs that they could never fulfill a nine to five timeframe. It's, it's more like a 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. 
because that's how much work they have and budgets are tight. It's, it's really a bad situation, to be honest. I think that people are facing with in-house jobs right now being an employee. Yeah. And I, so anyway, yeah, those are, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Alyssa, go ahead. Sorry. You're, nobody needs to know the tech background, but if you're hearing it in the pod, if you're hearing it on your feed, Dakota's lagging a little bit. She lives in an old house. So sometimes her feet (laughs) legs and I end up talking over. Yeah. We, we talk, and we also just talk talk over each other because that's who we are. Anyway, apologies. Yeah, I, mean, I think um, we, we did have a uh, an episode. Um, we can put it in the show notes where we did talk about sort of the the changing structure of work, and I find it interesting. And I, I think I mentioned it in that episode that businesses have immediately gone back to this nine to five thinking, and which is why now we're sort of in this great resignation that everyone's talking about because no one wants to go back to an office and employees are realizing that they actually have some power and to push back and companies are just like, Oh, well, this is, and it's like, we've learned, it's like they've learned nothing through COVID. Uh, so I think we're in the midst of that. I know it's hit uh, um, the States really hard. And I think it's headed to to Canada this year that people are just fed up and are fed up with um, dealing with the, the, the ridiculous rules and, regulations of working for a boss and realizing now that, yeah, I want to be able to go work on the beach in Portugal because I've worked from home for two years. So why do I have to go back to an office just because you tell me to? So I think it's going to be interesting to see the rest of this year, how it starts to now affect Canada, because people are just like, especially now that like companies are starting to sort of force, force people back to work. People are like, yeah, no, bite me. Um, and that, <laughs> businesses are going to get left behind. Businesses that are sort of panic reverting back to pre-COVID style work places are going to realize that they are going to get left behind because um, people don't want that anymore. People want flexibility because they've had it for two years. They want to be able to run to the grocery store at 10 o'clock to pick up to get for dinner, or they want to be able to throw in some laundry at two o'clock. They don't want to have to do everything on Saturdays, like has sort of been our existence for I mean, we're different because we've always worked. I mean, we've worked from home for ourselves for years, but people who had that experience, that touch of freedom, so to speak, for a couple of years are just like, no, I'm I'm not going to go sit at an, I'm not going to pay for parking or pay for gas or, or, and lunches out and all the things you have to spend money on to go to an office um, just because someone tells me to. Because a lot of people, like their lives have changed these last two years. Like I had friends who sold their house in Calgary and moved to an acreage. A lot of people I know have gone to one car because they don't need two cars anymore and because they're both working from home. So yeah, like people's lives have totally changed um, in the last two years to just sort of expect them to up and be like, oh, get back in the office. It's like, well, wait a minute. I don't have a car anymore. Or I like, I I moved to Cochrane. I'm not going to be driving. So all that, all that stuff is going to come to a head at some point, but it'll be interesting. I think people, employees, it's good to know. It's good to see that they've realized that they actually have some power um, to start saying no. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a buddy who I like, he inspires me every freaking day because he posts about his adventures. At the beginning of COVID, he actually mid COVID, he was like, I've had enough of all of this and how Canada's handling things, how Alberta's handling things. I'm leaving. 
and he's an entrepreneur as well. Um, and he like took his business on the road and moved to Portugal, <laughs> literally. Wicked. He lived in a house with 14 people for like six or seven months, saw a lot of where he was in the country close by. And now he's on a bike tour across the country by himself. And he's biking up to 50 to 72 kilometers every single day um, and seeing the country. And, and he, I think he's going to go over to Spain as well. And he literally posts the coolest stories every day. And what I love about him so much is he's been meeting people along the way and like profiling who they are as human beings and like interviewing them and meeting people. Like literally living, I think, the most intentional life and part of me wants to do that too. But I think for me, what holds me back is I do love my city. I love my life here. I have my pup. I couldn't live without her, to be totally honest. But I do really love my situation. Um, but yeah, like for someone like John, I think he was really like, I have to... And he's doing it. And it's it's a really beautiful thing to watch. But I don't think... I mean. I don't think either one of those things is you have to go all in either way. I mean, cause I like my yeah. city too, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't want to go from like, I mean, and I did this pre COVID. It was a bit of a test cause I spent a month in the UK to see if I could still run my business, not being here. So that yeah, was fine. So yeah, I'm not going to say I'm going to run off and like live in Portugal or something, but why wouldn't you want to go work for a month yeah. somewhere? I mean, that's kind yeah, of you know what you are the freedom to do that. Right. Yeah. Thanks for calling me out on that because you're right. Absolutely. It's not like one at any other. time we, yeah. Well, and that being said, I mean, once I feel comfortable with it, um, so like not this year, but I would really like to plan something for next year. Like I'm thinking Bali and India and like a different kind of a trip where I, like, I would truly love to go spend two months learning how to meditate properly in India. And getting really fucking uncomfortable because I know it won't be a comfortable situation to go to India alone and go to an ashram and learn how to meditate for two months. Um, but that is something that I think I would really love to do. You just have to look at like how much does it cost to get care for your animal and you're giving up rent. Like what's the what's the cost benefit there? But I think it's pretty amazing. So yeah, I mean, I think you can do that for sure. And it is that that's kind of my middle ground is like, I wouldn't go all in just based off of everything I mentioned, but I would definitely go halfway and, and like leave for a few months. And I know I can run my business from afar because I've done it before yeah. as well. I just so, think it's, I mean, we've yeah. all just sort of fallen into a different mindset of you, you sort of see, have seen what's happened over the last two years and you realize that life is short uh, and life is short for many different reasons, but like at any time you could get sick, you could, and you don't want to be in a position. And I think now we all realize how easy or easy in air quotes it is to sort of be able to live a more minimalist nomadic life where I think we have been attached to our things. We've been attached to our jobs. We've been attached to our own level of ego when we're like in a place and we've established ourselves. But through COVID, I think we all realized that this isn't the be all end all and that we do need to take time to discover other places and discover ourselves. And because yeah, things do happen quickly as we can see with the pandemic taking over the world so quickly, 
that you don't want to, yeah. you don't want to be sitting and being like, oh, I wish I would have done that. Or I wish I would have done this. And I think being that the, the work, the expectation of work style has changed so much that yeah, going to Bali for a month or, or Costa Rica for a month is like, no one's going to blink an eye at that anymore. And that's really interesting what you said about um, living for our ego and what we do. And I was actually listening to a podcast the other day by my beloved Mark Groves about that very thing around... um, Let me just make sure I'm saying this properly. But just around how life is really short and if you're living for other people and and things, you're not really living. And that's why like, I hate meditation. Like, okay, I don't actually, I don't hate it. Um, I hate the idea of meditation because I have a really hard time quieting my mind, um, which is a problem. And so I think we, we rush. I find one thing that's been really bugging me over the last while is I find that my days just go by so quickly. And suddenly it's like the middle of the year and suddenly I'm another year older. And I'm just like, what What can I do to slow my mind down so that I can intentionally enjoy my life and not feel like it's just flying by? And I think meditation is definitely one, one way to do it. But just even having that thought is really interesting. And then also, I want to leave you guys with something really interesting to think about. And by all means, please DM us or email us. Um, But think about this particular phrase. I have to do something with my life. Why? Why do you have to do something with your life? Can you not just exist? Think about that and let us know what you think. Because it's something I've been thinking about a lot. Like, why do we have to do something with our lives? Why do we have to... Obviously, it's good to have purpose. But really think about what that means for you. And maybe we'll bring that back up in the next episode. Anyway, I'm sitting here like thinking about it. <laughs> I'm just like, it's a weird question. It is it's a weird like, question. Because then you start going back. Oh God, that's a weird question. Isn't this like, am I, do I feel that I have to because there's expectations from other people? Like you're pleasing your parents or you're pleasing, you have to please your spouse or that you have... Yeah, why? Why? I mean, it's even ugh, that's a good question. But like, maybe I'm weird too. But through COVID, especially because like we were in our homes so much, you start looking around at your stuff, and I'm just like, even in my office, I'm looking at this corner cabinet that I've had for I don't know years, fifteen something years, and I'm like, why do I have this? And I don't know if I even really like it. But it's just always yeah. been here. But now that I'm here all the time, I'm looking at it. I'm like, this doesn't really fit with my aesthetic anymore. Like it, it had a, it had its time, but this isn't me, but it's just been here because I've never dealt with it or never spent much time. So, and same with clothes. And I did this when I went out on my own uh, and I got rid of so many of my work clothes, but even through COVID, it's like, uh, I wear, I wear like the same three sweatpants all the time. Do I need 12 pairs of sweatpants? Do I need 
15 pairs of Lululemon leggings when I like two of them. (laughs) So it's like, even the things that we have, it's like, even for comfortable clothes, I'm like, I don't even need this many sweatpants. Well, so that kind of makes me think about John again. And he has this really wonderful friend. I've never met her, but she just seems really amazing. And she lives in Portugal too. And she lives there, but she lives a very minimalist life. It would appear over social media because I've, I've only ever really seen her in like Lululemon stuff because she does a lot of physical stuff, uh, like yoga and, and whatever else. But anyway, the two of them, I, I think about in the, like, as we're talking about this and I'm like, okay, if I was doing what John was doing, like, what would I pack? And to me, what I would do is I would, I would sell and donate probably everything that I own. If I was going to leave for an extended period of time, I'd put some stuff that I really care about and love into storage very mindfully. Right. And I think there'd be maybe 10% of the stuff I own that would go into storage. Maybe the rest of it could, could literally be sold or or donated. And I would go to my favorite stores, local stores, potentially Lululemon as well, just because it's durable stuff. And I would get like two outfits or things from each place that I know I would wear all the time that would last me. And that I would be content with that. I really would. It really bothers me as well. I'm over the last four years, I've gone from somebody who had, who placed a very high value on stuff and shiny things and shiny houses that I didn't need to someone who loves living in, frankly, kind of a decrepit old house. Like this it's place. cute, but I, it is. Oh, I think within five to seven years, like it's going to tear down. It's it like when I first moved in, I was actually concerned when I would walk upstairs that I would like fall through the floor. I'm I'm being I'm kind of exaggerating, but like it's 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 an interesting experience when you first come into my house. But then as you get comfortable, it's like it's very structurally sound and like and all that jazz. All I'm saying is like sadly one day, unless someone puts a lot of money into it, I think it's gonna gonna go. Um, but yeah, I you know, I went from like I remember when I moved into this place, one of my good friends said to me, Dakota are you sure you're going to be okay with a dishwasher? And I think that was me. You're going to have to do that. might have been well, I think that was, people, that they was me. But they knew who I was back then. I was, I was a princess. I really was. And now, I mean, I'm still a bit of a princess with some things, but like, I, I feel like I live in my sweats most of the time. Like, I'll, I know I'll get dressed up every now and again. I still appreciate a nice outfit. Mm-hmm. But I'm most I'm most comfortable in my sweats and I'm most comfortable with my hair in a pony and minimal makeup. And like I look at my friggin' shoe closet and I honestly kind of want to throw up. I'm like, why the fuck do I have all this shit? Why? I got rid of most of my shoes. It was it was that my shoes was a tough one. I still have like my really my favorites, like my flu bogs and um Franco Sardo's and yeah. all of that, but I got rid of pretty much three quarters of my shoe collection. Cause again, like, where am I wearing these shoes anymore? But yeah, I yeah. think it's, I mean, we've all had a bit of an epiphany and we all grow up, but it's funny. This sort of relates to a, a story. So my best friend, Karen and her husband, Carl, they like to, they motorcycle. Is that what it's called? Motorcycling, whatever. So yeah, like, I remember and she 
when I first met her, she was super into fashion. I mean, she studied fashion at school and she had amazing clothes and she sells amazing clothes, but also through COVID sweatpants and hoodies and like, we're all the same. Right. But when she, when she met yeah. Carl and she started um, motorcycling <laughs> it's cold or whatever, she had to get her, what she was taking into the little side pocket of a motorcycle. So think of how minimal is that is. And that you literally, she couldn't even, you can't even take makeup or anything. It's basically a toothbrush and some underwear. And you have to be totally fine with wearing your, your motorcycle leather and all that kind of stuff all the time. And I remember just thinking in my head. And when she showed me this, when I saw the motorcycle for the first time, I was like, you've got to be kidding. Karen Ball is going <laughs> to exist out of a back saddlebag of a motorcycle. But it's interesting to see how everyone sort of shifts their thinking from what it was that they placed value on prior. And I've given so many clothes uh, to women in need or to making changes, consignment, because what good are they sitting in my closet? Like even just looking at them and thinking, like even clothes that you don't wear or don't fit you anymore. I mean, we all go through that, right? But you think, oh, maybe I will wear this again. It's like, no, you won't. Get rid of it. Move on. No. Yeah. One thing I'll I'll kind of, and sorry, guys, we probably have to. I know now it's like we're crazy long. Um, No. No, I love it though. Um, But yeah. I would say like one thing I'm really proud of is I I'm like looking around right now as we're talking about this and the stuff that I've got, I really enjoy looking at using, uh, I use it almost every day or look at it almost every day. So like, that's the kind of the way that I like to make consumer decisions these days is it's like, am I going to use that every day? Right. And if I don't, then it needs to go. But I will say, I still struggle with my shoes. I do. (laughs) That's like the one thing I, I love my shoes. I really do. Uh, uh, but yeah, I don't even think I wear half of them. So well, you could I do. do some work. You could create in your in a, in your living room or a spare bedroom. I know some women have created like art shelving to show off their shoes. So yes. you sort of get to look at like have it look like art, which I think is really cool for those really awesome pairs of shoes. Because yeah, again, they sit in the closet, so it's kind of. It's kind of awful in yeah, that way too. Maybe that. Oh, that's really cool. I like that idea. But um, anyways, we hope you guys have a wonderful Easter weekend. Uh, I guess this will be dropping after Easter, but that's fine. Uh, and uh, so we hope you've had a wonderful Easter weekend. And tune in again next time. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode. 